Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. This week's episode is a little bit different, as I was challenged to do an episode on technology by Patreon subscribers Chris and Alfredo Carpinetti. Incidentally, they do a science-based podcast called The Astroholic, which I recommend highly. If you'd like to force me to do an episode on a subject of your choice, then just sign up to patreon.com forward slash probably true. In the meantime, please enjoy this contractual obligation brought to you by the Carpinettis and their lovely money. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I was reading the other day about a sex toy for ladies that adapts itself to your parts to make sure it's ticking all your boxes and tickling your fancy in the best way possible. I think it's a great idea. Although, when you first buy it, do you need to set it to scan you internally? Like, you turn it on, pop it in, and there's a muffled sort of ping noise as it checks out your hoo-ha and adjusts itself to suit. Maybe you can set up individual profiles if you share it, like you can with weighing scales or your computer desktop at work. It's like scanning. Welcome back, Jennifer. Brace yourself. For a moment, I thought, I wonder if there's a version of that for men that would adjust kind of depending on the size and shape of your dick. But then I realised that there's absolutely no need, because men will stick their dick in just about anything. So why bother putting in all the effort to design something special? I tried to do a bit of research on this. I googled penis stuck in dot 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 to see what came up. First thing was can a penis get stuck in a vagina? Which is apparently enough of a worry for men out there that it's the number one search term. It seems a little bit existential for most horny teenagers that after spending so long trying to get into one, they're then worried they'll not be able to get out again. But anyway, after that, the next two things that people have apparently got their dick stuck in were drain pipe and cat, which is when I gave up. So yeah, absolutely no point creating something that will adapt to the specific dick in question when men will literally fuck anything up to and including the household pet and the house itself. The best bit in the article about the guy who got his dick stuck in a drain pipe was that he had to be cut out by firemen who advised the owner of the house to remove the entire pipe so that the same thing wouldn't happen again. Because I don't know whether they, they knew this particular boy to be especially randy or if it was just a comment on, you know, men in general that if a pipe is there, someone will stick their dick in it sooner or later. Whether or not they've done it before or they know that the last person who did had to be freed with specialist cutting equipment, they know it's going to happen. Just seems so daft when there's loads of specific kit designed to help get you off. You know, you can buy real dolls with customizable body parts. You know, if you want your synthetic girlfriend to have huge knockers, then you get to choose a pair of baps off the rack, as it were. Or you want to choose the size and shape of your boy doll's penis, then, you know, have a wander round our knob closet, sir. Let me know if you want to try one on. I know there's a bit more to this than just stapling a blow-up doll to an Alexa and a milking machine, but there are a lot of people out there working on it, and that is mildly worrying. 
Another thing is interactive porn, which is generally just pervy games where you have to choose the right responses to get your character to shag another character, and then you watch the animation as they go at it. It's a bit like a filthy choose-your-own-adventure, you know, to tweak the left nipple click here. To squeeze the right bum cheek, click here. To accidentally burp in their face while you're kissing them, click here. You know, all the usual stuff. It's not a big step from there to wiring up some sensors to a fleshlight and making a game where you have to fuck your way to the end of the level. You know, changing rhythm and speed to match what's happening. A bit like those Guitar Hero games, but with your dick. Well, with your joystick. Lol. And every time you finish the level, maybe the vibrations go up a notch or something, and you're like, oh, I've got a new high score, I'm on level five! And, you know, since everything's connected to the internet nowadays, you could have a league table of who's theoretically the best in bed by, by what level they get to, you know, if you need that kind of validation. Or you could even have it scan your dick to determine your actual length and girth, so a virtual version of your own dick could be the character in the game. The possibilities are endless, if a bit sticky. Think about it, maybe 3D printing is the answer. You know, a fleshlight with a scanner inside so you can hump away at your Robo Wanker 4000 or whatever. And while you're doing it, it can be creating a 3D replica of your dong. A thoughtful gift for lovers and friends everywhere. Happy birthday, here's my penis. I remember ages ago seeing a thing about making a dildo with some of the ashes of your cremated lover so that he could be fucking you after death. Because that's a normal thing to do. But imagine combining the two. Imagine one day finding out that your nan has a 3D printed knob in her bedside drawer and she's like, It's the only thing I have to remember your granddad. It's a copy of his, and if you shake it, you can hear the ashes inside. That is an episode of the Antiques Roadshow that I would pay to watch. Talking of robo-dongs, there was an episode of Star Trek where Data, an android, randomly ends up having sex with another crew member for some vital reason that I can't quite remember. It was only one brief bit of dialogue, and, you know, everyone was like, oh, she's gonna shag a robot. But they could have spent the rest of that, the whole episode even, talking about that. How does a robot fuck? Is it like a steam train piston, just like starting off slow and powerful and then getting faster, gradually getting faster and faster and faster and then just pumping away until your pelvis is just pulverized? Can you change the size and shape of it? Can you make it bend and twist in different directions? Does it vibrate is really the question I'm asking, because it really should if it doesn't. Personally, though, I'm a little bit wary about having sex with anything robotic or futuristic, at least until the technology is perfected. I'm just worried that it would, like, rip my dick off or email it to everyone in my address book or something. I think I'd prefer holodeck technology, also in Star Trek. I'd spend my time just creating scenarios involving me and Jason Momoa and another Jason Momoa. Which would be great fun until the end of our lovely fun activities, because then when I turned off the equipment, all my holographic lovers would all vanish, and there'd be this horrible splattering sound as all the fluids that had got everywhere suddenly landed on the floor. This sort of technological progress is something I am very much in favour of. Making our lives better, making our lives easier is, is a great thing. And understanding more about the world is, you know, a noble pursuit, definitely. But there are some things done in the name of progress that are a little bit iffy. There was a big thing in the news recently that scientists had discovered that there was no one gay gene, no one little genetic thing that makes people gay. Instead, it's a huge and extremely complicated mix of things, and there's absolutely no way to tell through a blood test or whatever. 
probably millions of dollars of research, not to mention the time and effort involved to discover something that pretty much any LGBTQ person could have told them if only they'd stopped to listen. Besides, the idea that there's a little bit of genetic code that's like gay on or gay off is truly stupid because we already know that sexuality is a lot more of a spectrum than that. You know, it's very fluid. And that kind of thinking really puts it into a binary that is just wrong. And I'm struggling with words. I mean, for a start, it completely ignores all the bi and pansexual people. This whole branch of research makes me really uncomfortable, to be honest. You know, I'm all for learning more about ourselves and the world around us and all of that kind of thing. And a deeper understanding of humanity and everything, yes, great. But had they found something that appeared to be a gay gene or whatever, that as soon as they'd announced they'd found it, someone somewhere would have said, cool, how do we make it stop? And that's not a world I want to live in. That's not a, a route I want to go down. But generally... I'm looking forward to the the step after this one where we've got Google Assistant and whatever listening to what we say and, and Alexa who will kind of be like, hmm, I think you're low on toilet paper. I want it to go to the next step up from that and be like, I see from your calendar that you've had a busy day. Would you like me to have a bath ready for you when you get home? Or your heart rate and tone of voice indicate high levels of stress. Would you like me to invite a tart around so you and he can bang it out? Although, to be honest, it's the step after that that I want, where there are implants plugged directly into my brain and my body. The first one I'd go for would be Terminator vision. Not just so I could see in the dark, although that would be handy, but also facial recognition and stuff like that. So every time you bumped into someone, it would kind of go do-do-do-do-do and reel off the details in your head about how you knew them and where from and how long it's been and what their sodding name is, which would certainly help me avoid situations like the one recently where I was in a bar with a friend and I started chatting with this really cute guy. He was into it and we were flirting and getting on super well until I introduced myself, which is when he said, yes, I know who you are, we've fucked twice. And then he walked off. And I was just like, oh, bugger. And I couldn't even message him afterwards to apologise and pretend that it was because I didn't have my glasses on. I don't wear glasses. But I couldn't even message him afterwards to tell him that because I couldn't remember his name. Uh, never mind. And, you know, that wouldn't have been a problem if I had Terminator vision. It would also be useful when it came to my personal spank bank because I'd be able to select a memory, say, the last time I went to a sauna, and just beam it straight to my laptop to watch in full pervo vision. Or I could create a playlist of my top 10 best shags I've had so far or something and watch the highlight reel. I think if I'm having brain implants, I'd have an autopilot mode built in as well, so I might wake up one day and find myself in the gym and my brain chip would go, Good morning. You had a gym session in your diary for 6.30 this morning, but you were only halfway through your sleep cycle. So instead of waking you up, I just took over your muscles and did the exercise for you. I'd be fine with that, actually. Although I suppose you'd have to have a sort of auto-response program in case anyone tried to talk to you. You could just have your brain chip use your mouth to say, Hello, Scott is currently asleep right now and on autopilot. If the situation is an emergency, I can wake him up, but he may be grumpy. Otherwise, please leave a message and I'll let him know once he wakes up. Sort of like an out-of-office response, but for your brain. Actually, that would be even better for when I fell asleep in the office. You could program your brain chip to just look busy while you had a nap. And if anyone spoke to you, I'd just have it say, Yep, that sounds good. Send me an email so I don't forget about it, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Maybe I could even get it to do my podcasts while I sleep too. 
although I doubt that any machine would be able to capture quite the same erudite wit and charming filth that my conscious brain comes up with. Knob wobble. That was probably true. The repeatedly award-winning storytelling series created by me, Scott Flashheart, to remind all of my queer brothers and sisters that we are none of us alone. You can find transcripts of every episode, links and other things at probablytruepodcast.com. There's additional content and other lovely stuff available to subscribers at patreon.com forward slash probablytrue. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. 